I think everyone should read a little bit of gay shit for Pride Month. That's what we're doing. That's how we're celebrating. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Pod. We hope you guys liked the unhinged episode we had (laughs) last week. This week's episode is wholesome, a hug and a book. But before we get into the book, Sav, how are you doing? I have had quite an interesting week and I had a traumatic (laughs) experience that I'm gonna put on the internet for everyone to enjoy because I've told all my closest people in my life and they have cackled with laughter. So you know what? Why not make your trauma humor? That's how I'm coping. All right. (laughs) I cannot believe I'm about to share this. Okay. I went to get a Brazilian last week, which I've documented the entire time we've had the podcast because I started going after we started the pod. I've been spotting like a little, you know, whatever. My issue is that that when I get horny I spot more okay so like I had a decent situation going on but then I listened to powerless on audiobook all day at work so at the time I get to the wax studio the spotting has gotten worse because I've been it was like the last half of the book when they were fucking so I listened to this audiobook all day so I have a tampon in and the girls go <laughs> starts waxing me and she the saving grace of this whole experience is that she had broken up with her boyfriend the week prior because he was cheating on her so she is waxing the shit out of my pussy like that's the only way I can describe this she is taking out her anger as she's telling me about her cheating boyfriend on my vagina and she's doing the lips she pulls the shit out of it and I hear her go, oop. And I went, oop. <laughs> like I felt my tampon fall out. She ripped it. And I was, then I just, I don't, Emily, I panicked. <laughs> like, really, she like didn't say a word. I was like, oh my God. And she showed it to me. And I'm like, oh my God, what do we do? Do we have to stop? I'm going out of town today. Like, so like I can't come back tomorrow, but like maybe I can come back next week. <laughs> because she's showing me this tampon that she ripped out of my vagine as she's waxing me and she's like no girl it's fine picks right back up on in her <laughs> and she's like she's and then like we're besties and she just pulled my tampon out as if it's no issue but the worst part is that when I go when I go when she goes to do my asshole I had been profusely sweating. After the tampon came out, my body just went into like fight or flight. <laughs> Legs were stuck to the table. Like, I fucking die. <laughs> if that would have been on a taller building, I would have been at a risk for jumping out the window. <laughs> That's my fun, traumatic story of the week. I hope you, it all gave you a giggle because everyone in my life has cackled at my pain. <laughs> Sav sent me an audio, like a voice message of this. 
and I was cackling in my car and my grandma is a preschool teacher. And so I was picking up my grandma and I had to turn the volume real low. <laughs> I was just laughing in my car. That's so funny. So yeah, that's what's been up with me. <laughs> nothing, nothing crazy. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I started embroidery. So I got this little thing on Amazon if you're interested in embroidery. So it's this cute little kit. It's like three flower patterns. But it's nice because they'll tell you how many strands of each color. And they have it all like attached. So like the green is attached to like number four. Yellow is attached to number two. So it's really easy to follow. I was just like, I just needed a hobby. I had like three and a half months off the summer. But being in a PhD program, we can't like have outside employment. So I have like my brother's baseball and stuff on the weekends, but I, there is nothing I love more than a schedule. And I have been so bored out of my mind. I go mm-hmm. on five walks a day. So I was like, I have to get a hobby. My boyfriend says hanging out with friends is not a hobby. So I was like, let me find a new hobby. See, this is my problem. Cause I'm like, is brunch a hobby? Is, exactly. dinner, is happy hour a hobby? <laughs> because that's what I do. <laughs> exactly. And so I started embroidery. So here we go. Okay, well, this fits perfectly. I just was sitting on TikTok and I saw this girl and she said, this is our summer bucket list. And she's like our age. You know, this isn't like a 16-year-old bucket list. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Number one is to wear anklets, which is beautiful. Dude, I, I want an anklet, anklet in my car. I want an anklet so badly. I literally have one sitting in my Amazon cart. So I'm going to text my boyfriend. We're going to wear anklets. Bad bitches wear anklets. All right. Number two is to cosplay at a super fan at a random sporting event. I'm talking like minor league baseball. That's what she wanted. Which is great because I live in Savannah and I can go see the bananas. Number three, dance at 100%. No bullshit dancing going on. We are hitting the dance floor. 100%. Number four is to make dip. Number five is to swim topless, which is very much on my bucket list. That is on my bucket list. Okay, we can do it together. We can do it with other people, but we will be swimming topless this year. Um, Number, what number am I on? One, two, three, four, five. Number six, and this fits in so perfectly, is to DIY your accessories. So you can make a little embroidered hat I don't know we could make our own anklets have you seen the girls that are making the little charms on the cowboy hat yes I've been saying that I'm obsessed with that too number seven is reading as an event which fits because that's literally all we do and then the last one is to diversify your cold drinks so switch up what you're drinking I have been obsessed with liquid IV. Oh. I, I, I wake up and make a cold liquid IV in the morning. I love that for you. That's a vibe. Every, every morning, a cold, cold liquid IV. I only have liquid IV if I'm like knocking on death's door. <laughs> if you know me, it's a tra- I'm trying to detox from caffeine oh. because it has gotten to the point where caffeine does not work on me. Like, I think the other day I was like, I think I was talking to my boyfriend. I was like, yeah, I had like a large iced coffee, a Coke Zero and like a venti like matcha latte. And he's like, Emily, that's not good for your heart. But I didn't get a caffeine bump from any of it. 
bump was probably not the right word to use, but I didn't get like a- <laughs> Yeah, you can try Coke. <laughs> I didn't get like a like a caffeine thing. And I was like, okay, now I'll use the summer to like caffeine detox. So when I start school back, then caffeine will hit. So I think last week I only had one day where I had two coffees. Wait, so you're doing a detox to then start over again. You're not like done with caffeine forever. No, I don't think I could. Interesting. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think, because also I do spend a lot of money on coffee. Like I really do. So I'm like really trying to cut back on that. So I'm trying to see if I can get used to just like now I'm not doing Fenty's all the time. Like I'll do like a large, but if I really need it, then I'll do like an extra large. Mm. so I'm trying to but one day I did not have a single cup of coffee and it was like eight o'clock at night and I thought I was on my deathbed (laughs) I was was, I was so unwell I'm thankful to be a diet coke girly like if I go to Starbucks I'm getting a fucking pink drink I don't drink coffee during the day I have my again my knockoff Stanley cup attached at the hip with my Kindle and I don't have to have caffeine see this is just raw, natural energy that starts around 6.45 in the morning and doesn't stop. I can be annoying at all times of day with no caffeine required. I think I'm also, because I really like the taste of coffee. So I think I'm also going to start drinking. If I really want like another coffee during the day, and then I'll just do a decaf. Just mm-hmm. have the taste of coffee. Okay, well, keep us posted yeah. on your coffee detox. I would like to discuss what I've been reading because I don't think it's considered a bender in the summer. This is just who I am now, you know, from like May to August. This is just me. This is who I am. Emily and I were talking before we started about the Cowboy series by Elsie Silver. I want nothing else in this world (laughs) for these men to be real. I read, well, I listened to Powerless by Elsie Silver on Audible which is the hockey player childhood friends to lovers. This is also what juiced me up free wax appointments. So I would highly recommend. I gave it five stars. I gave it two and a half peppers. I loved it so much that like probably 40% through the audiobook, I already bought the hard copy. It's on the shelf and I'm going to reread it, which is not something that I do. So that's when you know that it's real. Then I read If Only You, which we're talking about today, a warm hug. Felt like a warm, queer, pride hug. I loved it. Then I read The Ashes and the Star-Cursed King by Carissa Broadbent. So the first book in this series was The Serpent and the Wings of Night. I'm. It was so good. I loved it. But imagine my surprise when I get to the end, ready for this to be like a fucking 12-book series. Duology. It's done. She's not writing anymore. So I'm like crushed but it was really good. Then I listened to him by Serena Bowen and L Kennedy, which was a gay hockey romance. Listen to that on audible. Highly would recommend. I think everyone should get into a little gay shit to celebrate. (laughs) And then I'm going to read reckless this week. I already bought the hard copy. And then I have a Tessa Bailey. It came in the mail today. Unfortunately yours. So I am busy, booked and busy for the foreseeable future. Some good reads. 
So I finished. <laughs> I was reading this book while we're waiting for my brother's baseball games to start. I was like on like the the top row of the bleachers by myself. The book was getting so juicy. My dad comes to the game. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was like, I have to close this book up <laughs> real fast because my dad goes to this little stadium seat. He puts the umbrella up so it covers us both. And I was like, this is not enough. As I was reading this book, I was like, I need to know Judy's opinions on this book <laughs> because Sam's mother-in-law has read all of them. So I finished Judgment Day and it was the last book in the Obsidian Brotherhood series by Delaney Foster. My jaw was on the floor. It was so hot and I truly could have never predicted what was going to happen at any point of the book. Like if you like if to predict the next chapter, I could have never predicted it. It was so good. It was so hot. I am putting the series over the Kingsmaker series. (gasps) Wow. I am. And she announced at the end of Judgment Day that there will be a second generation of the Obsidian Brotherhood series next year. Because, and I knew it was coming because to become part of the brotherhood, it's all bloodline and they have all started having kids. And so they have talked about the brotherhood with their kids. I knew that was coming. I am stoked. And then I finished the book that we're reading today. If only you, I love the series. This is the series that got me into reading. Smut and stuff. So like, I've read one of the version brothers series. Like you have to read It's one of my all time favorite series. And then my TBR, so Sav has influenced me. So my TBR is going to go powerless and then reckless. And then I got Fallen Foe by LJ in the mail, which Mm. follows Ruthless Rival. And then I'm finally getting to Happy Place. I think the reason why I haven't read Happy Place yet is because I know it's not going to be so spicy. Yeah. And we have been reading some spicier books. So I'm really going to try to knock that out or... I'm going to the lake for the 4th of July. So I might save that for like a, for like a lake read. It was a, it would be like a really good beach read. So that's my TBR. I love that for you. Judgment day had a little male, male loving. So you were doing gay shit too, right? It did. It literally, I had the threesome (laughs) and who the threesome was with. I was like, no fucking way. No fucking way. And we get a good chunk of the threesome. Like it becomes such a like integrated part of the plot. Mm. Like I literally, the <laughs> when the threesome started, that's what I posted on our Instagram thing. I was like, shut the fuck up. I was just <laughs> like, there's no fucking way. I think everyone should read a little bit of gay shit for Pride Month. That's what we're doing. That's how we're celebrating. I really do like male, female, male better than female, female, male. Oh, 100%. It's like a reverse harem, but just smaller. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever read a male male though? I have. So I've read the fifth book in the Birchman Brothers series. Oh, so okay, it is okay. male male. Okay. Listen, yeah. today I was listening to this audiobook at work and I was more turned on than I was for anything else that I've ever listened to because it was too. If, if you want a really, really, really hot male male, I cannot think of the name. But the Sinner and Priest series by Sierra Simone, the oh. third book is male, male. And Priest and Sinner were hot. If you want a good male, female, male, the MFM, read the American Queen series by Sierra. I know. It's still on my list. I have you not read, read it that. yet. It's so good. You would love it. So, yeah, some hot stuff. 
All right, everyone do a little, get a little gay for Pride Month. That's our endorsement. So getting into the book, we're going to talk about Chloe Elise. She writes romances reflecting her belief that everyone deserves a love story. Her stories pack a punch of heat, heart, and humor, and often feature characters who are neurodivergent like herself. When not dreaming up her next book, she spends her time wandering in in nature and playing soccer. Books by Chloe include the Wilmot Sister series, the Mistletoe Motive, and the Bergman Brothers novels. Today, we are discussing the sixth book of the Bergman Brothers novels that follows the warm love story between Ziggy and Sebastian. I am going to read the dedication and also the author's note. Y'all know I stand an author's note. You should read it at the end of every book. It's like their last little goodbye to you before you're done. But before we get into the author's note, our dedication this week is for the hard hearts that bravely learn to soften and the brave soft hearts that love them as they do. So sweet. Gorgeous. And then we also have a little quote from Jane Austen, broken hearts, unrequited love, and inconsolable misery are subjects which most fortunately I have only ever read in books, which is from Sandition. Okay, I'm going to skip around a little because I'm not going to make y'all listen to me read this for four and a half minutes. Like, I'm not going to subject you to that. However, she says, this book's representation is deeply connected to my heart and lived experience. Bisexuality and pansexuality, neurodivergence and celiac disease, including fairly late diagnoses of these two. Though in some ways, Ziggy and Seb are like me and others, they couldn't be more different. I'm thankful to these communities that I'm a part of, whose open hearts and shared experience allowed me to lend nuance to Seven Ziggy's characterization. No two people's experiences are alike. My hope is that with the identities and conditions represented in this story, will feel seen, understood, and validated. To my queer readers, however and wherever you are, you're queer enough, you're loved, and you belong. To everyone out there who still feels sad when it's a pizza party, who misses grandma's Thanksgiving stuffing, who wishes some days they could just show up to that social function and eat what's there, I see you. While it's a profound relief to figure out what's making you ill and have a means to mitigate its damage, the method by which we do that is sometimes lonely and alienating, and it's okay to grieve and be sad. To my fellow neurodivergents, finding your way in a neurotypical world, I hope you surround yourself with people who celebrate the authentic and that you're learning to understand and care for and be true to. It can be hard and it can be isolating and discouraging, especially when relationships end or boundaries are drawn to protect yourself, when you feel awkward or uncomfortably different, when you're so drained by the prospect of trying to exist in spaces that are fundamentally inhospitable to how you operate and what you need. I hope you can be kind to yourself, stretching yourselves in the ways and times it matters to you to figure out how it might work, then stepping back for self-care to refill that cup of yours until it's brimming with what brings you joy and love and contentment. You deserve that no matter if it looks different from how any other person you know makes their way through life. Oh, she's so good. This book's themes of hope in ourselves and others and their and our possibilities, even in the wake of pain we've received or cause of healing and seeking to grow into greater health and discover joy are close to my heart. And I can vouch that they aren't easy. If you're on this journey, if you're on it with someone you love, know that I think you're doing something miraculous. You're brave. You're incredible for being right where you are. Don't give up on where your heart and the hearts of those you love dream of going. 
Belief in, hope in, seeing the best in people is the heartbeat of the greatest love stories, not just with others, but with ourselves. And it's one of life's greatest gifts. I hope you allow yourself to both give and receive what every one of us deserves, the chance to shape our lives into a story that we love and a path that we are proud of. XO, Chloe. I love it. I love it. When I tell you that I was sobbing, (laughs) emotionally distressed, the story didn't make me cry, but the author's note was just so raw and vulnerable and I just was not well in the best way. She is such a good author and like she really cares about her readers she really cares about getting the representation right. And so I just love it. Yeah, she is the queen of representation. So I just wanted, because not everyone reads the author's note, even though you should, just wanted to share that. <laughs> it was really sweet. So getting into the plot, so Ziggy has six siblings. And being the youngest of the Bergman family has left Ziggy feeling like her family will always view her as the baby, no matter how old she is and what she does. On thin ice with his NHL team and agent Frankie, Sebastian has to clean up his reputation or he can kiss his NHL career goodbye. At her brother Ren's wedding, Ziggy removes her underwear and when she tosses it, the last person she expected to catch it has her underwear wrapped around his fingers. Ziggy is the goody two-shoe soccer star who wanted to rough up her image so she is no longer the baby of the family and Sebastian, who is also best friends with her brother, is in hiding while his agent does damage control. The two make a plan to become friends for the sole purpose of Sebastian having a cleaner image and for Ziggy to be taken seriously and shock those around her. Not only do these two rapidly become friends, but they develop serious feelings for each other. Through their six-month journey of their plan, Ziggy and Sebastian grow as people, but also grow together, leaning on each other during the hard and happy times. With no third-stage breakup and the Bergman brothers forcing a meeting with Sebastian, they both declare their love for each other and happily dance away in the A-frame. I loved this story, and I think this series is so powerful. Like, happy Pride Month. I love the queerness in the story, that it just was. There was no trauma. There was no being forced to come out. There was no uncomfortable situation where you have to talk about your queer identity it just existed and we moved on from it and just got to be in love which I really really appreciated the same with chronic pain the same with autism like they were just parts of them and we talked about them briefly and then we packed it up and moved on with the love you know what I mean so no one does representation like Chloe Lise keep keep doing you sister we love it The friends to lovers trope is truly so amazing. Watching these people love each other as humans first before they gave into a romantic connection was so beautiful. As the baby of my family, I so understand the feeling of growing up, but not necessarily feeling like you're growing older um, and not having other people view you as such. So it was really refreshing to watch Ziggy grow. I also love the U.S women's national team like I love I don't like soccer but I love those I love the women and I love cheering them on and so I appreciate that she talked about like women's soccer and how they're not appreciated and how they're not paid as much I thought that that was just like a fun little tidbit Sebastian was hot as fuck I was such a fan I'm not afraid to confess my love for him The sweet angel baby hiding under this like bad boy facade was absolutely doing things for me. 
and he was a fucking goner. He was a goner for Ziggy, and I knew that he was a goner as soon as he saw her cry for the first time, and he was like, no, please don't cry. I cry. I wish this had a little bit more spice, but honestly, I was down for the lovey-dovey feels this week after the shit that we read last week. So we've been reading some really spicy books, and so I was fine for the lovey-doveyness. And I always stand a female main character that loves fairy porn and fantasy books. So, you know, I was down for that. Two quick quotes. At one point, Ziggy's talking about her books and she says about Sebastian, but while he looks like he could spread some epic fairy king wings and whisk me off across the night sky to his palace, he is not one of my fantasy romance heroes. So I was getting big Rizand energy. And then the main theme of this is Everyone deserves to have someone in their corner who believes the best in them. And Ziggy says this to Sebastian a lot, which I really appreciated. Yeah, I like that. Not only was he rooting for her, but she was also rooting for him. Okay, so I gave this one five stars. I love this series so much. And I really like this book. I love the representation in this book. And Chloe does such an amazing job of writing stories where the character does get their happy ending, regardless of chronic pain what they're going through and who they love. And I think that that is just really beautiful. The friends to lovers and best friends sister trope was done so well, where I felt that nothing was rushed. And it was just a book that gave you butterflies that had you grinning the whole time. Seeing them fall in love with each other, but also grow as people was really beautiful. And like you see Sebastian going to therapy, just like learning how to process his feelings, standing up to his parents and kind of being like, I was just living a destructive life that like I shouldn't have been living. Like life is just so beautiful now. Him finding a family in the Bergman family made me cry because he was like, I don't have a family. And Ziggy was like, you have my family. And I just think that was really cute. It was really funny and lighthearted, but it was hot in a way because you did have the tension. You had the kisses. You do have a few of the spicy scenes, but I do wish there was more. Sebastian was fine as hell and I like that Ziggy was a boss like her like she was just like gonna come in and take control but I just and I really like them together Frankie is Sebastian's agent and Ren is the brother and teammate and their book is my favorite in the series so I'm happy that we got to see them a lot um throughout this book her flying to Washington just to see his game like they haven't been seeing each other for a long time he is being distracted because he really misses her and he gets this like the hairs on his neck go up and he turns around and she's just there to see him play. She's like, I don't even have to see you after, but like she just missed him and wanted to see him play. And he was just like the happiest human ever. Him renting out her favorite bookstore for the night and saying that I know you don't have any room on your bookshelf for any more books, but anything else you want is on me. Like, what? <laughs> I was a fucking goner when he rented out the bookstore and he was like, thank you for everything. I'm not good at saying it. I'm better at showing it. So here's your favorite bookstore after hours and you can just exist and be here and I'll like wait on you. Like, come on. And it was very sweet because he, she was scared to tell him that she is autistic and he was curious in a way that it wasn't too invasive or intrusive. And like he Really, he was like, oh, and I know when she's talking a little bit louder because she has her earplugs in. Like, he was just, like, accommodating everything for her, and he was so happy to do it. And then when he was diagnosed with a celiac disease, 
Ziggy did everything to accommodate Sebastian. Like they just wanted just for each other to be happy and to be there to help the other person with the, like what's happening. So um, I really like this quote that Ziggy says, I know I've outgrown the labels I used to wear, but I can't for the life of me figure out what I want to put on now. What will feel right? I feel like everybody in their early 20s has this feeling, the transition from undergrad to like the real world, whatever you're doing, like that feeling in your 20s, you're like, like, how am I supposed to act? Like, what am I supposed to do now? So I thought that was really relatable. As Sav said that he was a goner for Ziggy. And so I have two quotes from him. One where he was like, she is achingly beautiful. If a man called me achingly beautiful, I am done for. And then he goes, he like sees her and she's like dressed up and he goes, air whooshes out of my lungs more violently than after the most brutal check I've ever taken into the boards. In that moment, I see it. I feel it. The spark of what's forged inside her, a spine of steel, a white hot intensity simmering beneath that seemingly sweet, serene surface. So he was able to recognize that flame and that spark in her that her family was not able to see. He was so gone for her. And I just like, it was so sweet. Like he said the sweetest shit. They they were thinking the sweetest shit about each other. And it was just so wholesome. And he popped off on her like family when they were like saying, she's like, he's like, she's a grown woman. Like she is on the women's national soccer team. She is doing, she has her own apartment. She had a full ride to college. She is able to make her own decisions. And like, she has, like, stop treating her like she was still sitting at the infant table, at the mm-hmm. kids' table, at the kids' with the table. sippy cup. Yeah. I love that you highlighted that because I highlighted the same thing where she's like, I, I've outgrown this and nothing feels right anymore and it's not comfortable for me and I don't know what to put on next. Yeah. And that's the same even with, like, clothes. Like, going from, like, the different transition in your life, like, what do I wear? Like, what is, like, appropriate but what, like, also feels, yeah. like, right? So I thought it was just really beautiful. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so let's get into Spice because there wasn't a lot of it. But the here's where I'm at. Sometimes you need Spice to offset a plot or a relationship because it's not there. I always want there to be more Spice. Like it would have been, been a nice add-on. But this book was still really fucking good without it. And like their relationship was still very hot without all the spice. I agree. So I think I gave this like half a pepper. Like, I don't think I gave it a full pepper. Um, I just, like really at the end of the day, I just wanted more because I was obsessed with them. We deserved more of bad boy Sebastian in the bedroom. I personally think, but also bossy Ziggy was amazing. I was living for it. There's really only one, like one and a half scenes. So after they confess their love for each other, they get it on at the A-frame. And I highlighted a little. So I whimper and arch my hips, throwing my head back as he curls one finger inside and strokes into me, another joining it, rubbing my G-spot. He sets his thumb over my clit and circles steadily. Your sounds, you even sound beautiful. A goner. The thing that I liked so much about the end scene was the butt stuff and the dominance on Ziggy's part for me was giving. I was so into the butt stuff. 
No, she really put like bad boy Sebastian in his place. She did. And I was so excited about it. Like if we would have gotten too much of that, it would have been too much. I would have been overwhelmed. (laughs) She like pushes him down and has his hands pinned against him. And she's doing like fucking orgasm denial with him. So it was reversed. So hot. Living for it. I have so it's when they are like having sex in the A-frame after declaring their love. Sebastian sighs as he eases back into me, his eyes searching mine. You feel like a fucking dream. He was so in love with her. Like he's confessing his love and how obsessed he is with her as she's bossing him around and calling him a naughty boy. <laughs> and he's just like, he's just like, I'm gonna marry this woman. I know I have said this before in some of the up and the some of the episodes sometimes the kissing scenes are hotter than the sex scenes 100%. and we got a lot of really hot kissing scenes in the bookstore just like throughout the book there's really hot kissing scenes I think one area where it could have been a really hot spicy sex scene is after their flower food fight agreed that's where that I thought could we were have going. turned into a really hot like when he was like detangling her hair, mm-hmm. and like they could have done, and they could have done stuff like covered in a flower. That could that would have been a very hot sex scene. I just think the idea of Sebastian being this bad boy with like all these tattoos, but he is such a little softy and so respectful of her boundaries makes him that much hotter to me. Like I want you to look intimidating, but be like a little sweet, sweet angel baby in real life. Sometimes he was just like, I just need a hug. Like that's like he just wanted a hug. And this shows how like well Chloe Lee writes because she's like men can have all this and sometimes they just want a hug and just a space where they can just not have to be on all the time. And sometimes you should just stick a finger with permission up the butt and see how it goes because men fucking like it. And I wish that that was more normalized so that I could do it more often because that is my dream. <laughs> Seth won't let me have it. <laughs> like men want butt stuff too. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm too scared to try butt stuff. Well, it's because I traumatized you with the butt plug story, but that's where guys like that's where their sweet spot is. We should be doing more butt stuff with men. Bring it up with the boyfriend and let me know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask him tomorrow. Thank you. (laughs) I want to get into discussion questions because I feel very passionately about a question that I added. Okay. Is brother's best friend better when they're upfront about it and they're honest or when they sneak around? Is it better when the brother like doesn't really give a shit or is it better when he's like overprotective and they're sneaking around? It is top tier when he is overprotective and they're, they are sneaking around. It adds an element to a plot. What do you think? I think I disagree. I loved the fact that they went to the brother and they were like, yo, we are friends. This is fine. I respect her. I respect you. 
this is what it is. And they didn't sneak around and it wasn't a big deal. I thought that that was that conversation that he had with Ren to me was hot. I think it was hot, but I think I'd rather read a book where they're sneaking around and the brother would be overprotective. Okay, that's fair. But also, how many books have we read where they're sneaking around and the brother's overprotective and then they break that's up true. because the brother doesn't like it? You know what that's I mean? That's true. Like, that's it true. It was refreshing to not have the same bullshit over and over again. And I think that that's why I liked it so much. That is true. That's a very valid point. And I like it when they, I thought it was really sweet when the brothers did um, like an intervention. Yeah. So the brother who reads the smut books, all that stuff. So his book is the last book. So everybody else has a book, but he'll be the last book to be the end of the series. I feel like he has a secret. I'm excited to learn what his little secret is. Yeah, I am too. Because all the books are so different. Yeah. So I'm like really excited to see what this one is like with the next one, like how they like finalize it. Okay. So you've read all of them. Yes. I would love a review of which ones are your favorite. Okay, so my top three goes always only you. That follows Ren and Frankie. And so okay. she is the social media manager and he is on the hockey team. But um, she has like chronic arthritis and stuff. And I was reading it during peak hip problems. But I just thought it was good. The spice was really good. It was just probably my favorite out of all of them. And then With You Forever follows Axel and Rooney. They were barely mentioned in this book, but he lives by the A-frame in his own little house. And for him to keep the property a part of his and a part of his trust, he had to have a wife. So oh. here comes Rooney, who is best friends with Lil with Willow. So Willow's book is the first book. Oh. And so, and she's mentioned a lot in this book. So they, and he is like so madly in love with her, but he was just like, he sleeps in a tent outside because he wants her to have her own space. And she has chronic stomach issues. So she had to like drop out of school and like, she's trying to figure out what she wants to do. So they like have a fake marriage, but they end up falling in love with each other. And then this was my third favorite. And which one is the one with the two the brother and his husband is it his husband now yeah so that was the fifth book okay so I believe that one is also so if I remember correctly that one everything for you and I believe if I'm right it was like age gap okay enemies to lovers and like he they both play soccer one was like a soccer coach Ooh. okay maybe I'll get into that one yeah it was pretty good so that's my top three. I liked all of them, but like this was my top three. So I do. I have read. So I've all only read this one and then always only you, which is Frankie and Ren. And I love that they had so much airtime in this and that they were like having a baby and like seeing yeah. their story grow. I thought it was really sweet. And um, I think the spiciest is either the first book or with you forever. Those are pretty spicy. And if you're a fan of edging, With You Forever is a big edging fan club book. I mean, who's not a fan of edging? Let's be honest. I'm a fan of edging. This podcast supports edging. So getting into my new favorite part of this podcast, which is our description of Sebastian. And I also love it because we don't 
read what the other one says. So I love hearing how different they might be. But to me, he looks like Derek from Teen Wolf. His real name is Tyler Hoechlin. You know, the older wolf in Teen Wolf who's like, yeah, Yeah, that's who I thought that he looked like. But covered in tats. I think that Sebastian would ask you how your friends are doing, like really specifically, you know, like how is M's 27th hip surgery or how is M's second year in her doc program going to go? You know what I mean? Like such specific things so that you know that he's paying attention. He always offers to do the dishes at your mom's house, especially after she cooks or even if he helps cooking. He would score a hockey goal and immediately like look for you in the stands. He seems like a bad boy on the outside, but he really just wants to like snuggle in your lap and like have you play with his hair like a little cat and be held. Um, And he is not at all afraid of gender norms or emotions, a pan king. Have you seen the TikToks? We all know that like the golden retriever girlfriend, the golden retriever boyfriend. Have you been seeing the cat girlfriend? No. Trend on TikTok. So my boyfriend says I'm a cat girlfriend. What does that mean? I, I don't know. So there's like different, like a black cat energy, orange cat energy, gray cat energy. There's like different cat energies. Like there is golden retriever energy. Oh my gosh. Well, I want to know what he thinks you are. Ask him yeah. that tomorrow. When you ask about the butt stuff, also ask about the cat energy. <laughs> <laughs> but Sebastian gave me cat energy, like a mm. black cat energy. For sure. Like misunderstood. Yeah. But still so lovable. So to me, Sebastian looks like Adam Henrique. So he plays for the Anaheim Ducks. Are you looking it up? I am right now. Oh, this man is <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's fine as hell. You can get it. He looks <laughs> big as fuck. Built like a truck. <laughs> He worships the ground you walk on and he buys you an endless amount of his jerseys. (laughs) You only wear his name on your back. Nobody else. He is a fan of PDA. And I think that he'll buy you an initial necklace with his initials. He's the energy that he's giving. He drinks his coffee black and iced, but he keeps your favorite creamer in the fridge at his house. Like you don't drink your straight. He will come and pick you up, you and your friends up from girls night. And he'll never miss dinner with like your parents. Like he is mm. a loyal Sunday dinner guy. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we were like kind of on the same page. Sure. Which is so fun. I love him. I love getting him. into how much we love him. <laughs> we got to place him on our favorite pyramid. So it's sort of like born out of nowhere. So as you guys know, we have our boyfriend pyramid. So at the top, no, at the bottom. So our scientifically proven boyfriend pyramid goes. The bottom, you have ultimate friends with benefits. You may or may not tell your friends. Could be a long-term situationship. Could be a one-night stand. And then you have meet the parents. He could be the one, could not be the one. Maybe you guys are grocery shopping, run into your parents. They invite (laughs) him to dinner. Um, the third tier is white picket fence. You guys have a lovey-dovey marriage, some kids, a few pets, halfway ever after. And at the top, you have God tier where he is just everything that you want in a man. And he resides in the God tier portion of the pyramid. So Sav, where are you putting Sebastian? 
I'm putting Sebastian at God tier. I'm also putting him at God tier. Okay, yay. He deserves yeah. to be at God tier. He does. I don't know um, who he's going to room with in no. my God tier. I don't have a roommate <laughs> for him at, at the time. No, he I do. like a Nate I Hawkins do. roommate. No, I'm putting him with Jude. <gasps> oh, I love Jude. Yeah. I'm putting him with Jude. Mm, that's a good room. I'm sneaking in that room when I need like <laughs> something else. <laughs> Jude is like one of the most underrated book boyfriends of all time. Not of all time. Talk about that book. So it does not get enough respect. Oh, uh, but yeah, he's got dear. Yeah. You guys have the happily ever after, but there's just some more umph into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I am so excited for next week because y'all know I've been binging this series and the next one just came out. So we're going to read Reckless by Elsie Silver. It is the fourth book in the Chestnut Spring series. So we did the first book, which is called Flawless. And apparently the person that's in Reckless, we met in Flawless. He's not one of the brothers. He's the like younger rodeo boy. Oh, the one that, like, his protege? Uh-huh. Oh, and in Secret Baby? Say less. Say less. Emily's fucking ready. If y'all haven't read this series, get the fuck up. What are you doing? <laughs> For someone who was shitting on hockey romances a couple of weeks ago, I have read three hockey romances this week. Powerless by Elsie Silver is the best hockey romance of all time. I've said it. I've put it out there. If you haven't read this fucking series, Flawless is number four. It only gets better from there. So <laughs> I am so fucking excited for this book. <laughs> I have Reckless and Powerless, like both downloaded. I'm going to read Reckless first so Sam and I can live text each other our reaction. Perfect. And then I'll read book three after. Okay. Beautiful. Can't wait. See you bitches next week because it is cowboy time. Like save a horse, ride a cowboy. Cowboy summer. Cowboy summer. Putting that on the bucket list. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye.